0: Good evening, everyone. Anchor Pete here, and I'm with my good friend Brian, Mr. Coors Hair. How you doing, Brian? Doing great, Pete. Dude, everything is back to the way it should be. It's you and me at night talking about a Marvel show on
1: Disney Plus. It is fantastic to be back live. I've, kind of, I mean, we've done this a few times since then, but it's all pre-recorded. But I, I just, I, I like this kind of day of live discussion so much better than the pre-recorded stuff.
0: Yes. And I am crossing my fingers and hoping it's not like the last recording I did with Danny, where like literally I would say my line and then Danny would go to talk and then it would freeze. And then I'd say my line and then Danny would go to talk and it would freeze. It was it was pretty rough, man.
1: Oh God, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> yes,
0: that's why I'm in my kitchen. I haven't been in my kitchen in a while, but I'm in my kitchen for tonight's episode. <laughs> so anyway, Brian, have you gone ahead and got your uh, low key, lucky charms yet? Oh,
1: I forgot. You know, I found out about that yesterday. I made a point to to come back and do it this morning. I forgot. I remembered around lunchtime, but forgot again because I was busy at work and now I completely forgot again. So I, I'm, I'm assuming I missed out on it at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: They probably can all snatch up. For the if you guys are wondering what the heck we're talking about, there is actually
0: like this like limited edition Loki Lucky Charms cereal, like where they've made like a box
1: with Loki on it. And uh, you have to special order it though, right? Yes, you have to special order it from a website. Um I mean Maybe I should just check it right now and make sure I'm not out of luck. But uh, if maybe I get lucky, who knows? (laughs) Oh, lucky charms. There you go.
0: Well, I can tell you someone who is lucky. It is Loki. Let me see if I can say his last name the right way. Lofferson? How (laughs) do you say his last name? Lofferson. Lofferson. Okay. So (laughs) this Loki is lucky, and he uh, touches the Tesseract and is able to save himself.
1: Yes, that is the, the the basic setup of the show, and um, one of the things I found very interesting about it. Um, and maybe this is jumping too far in uh, to the, the episode already, but yeah. I mean, what Loki did was completely natural to to who he is. Like he he saw an opportunity and he seized it. But according to the the, the the TBA, the Time Variance Authority, um, who we didn't know who that was when we first heard about this when the trailer dropped, right. Uh, you know, it's, they deemed his actions wrong and then be corrected. I find that so interesting that this faceless sort of bureaucracy is more about adhering to a a specific set preset destiny in a sense Mm -hmm. than any kind of morality or actual right and wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They make a point of that right in that first episode. Owen Wilson says, that like it's not really a matter of what do you say like it's not a matter of like deserving I think you said right yeah 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 and, and so yeah they don't care about good versus evil they just care about like this sort of timeline and just maintaining that timeline so I, I think that that right there is kind of probably what the uh, crux of our conversation is going to be about because I was going to ask you about that are they implying that there is just one Marvel timeline and that's it
1: okay so yeah this this is where it gets interesting because I I was really thinking about the the timekeepers and and maybe we should do a quick little info dump about the timekeepers. Go ahead. Um, So they were created in the late seventies by um, Mark Grunewald, who was a writer for Marvel and did a few various other things there. Um, They were created by a character called called he who remains. And these are actually all Thor characters. Uh, They were all created Thors at various points in the late sixties or seventies. And, um, the, the members of the TVA are all supposed to kind of look similar and they all take on an appearance of uh, actually modeled after Mark Grunewald who created the Timekeepers, which I found very interesting. Oh. Although in this show, it seems like uh, only Mobius or Owen Wilson is taking on that appearance.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So, so there's that one scene where there's like a mural on the wall, right? When Loki has to have like a ticket. I thought yeah. that was Stan Lee. But that's Mark Grumwald, then?
1: I, I believe so. Yes. Okay. Which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so the the, the timekeepers have power over time, and it's just such a weird thing, and it's just, it's it's kind of jarring in a sense with all the other stuff that we're used to, all the other cosmic powers and entities we're used to hearing about in um in the Marvel universe. I mean, I I, I have to say this is more of a deep cut to me. I mean, this was not um you know they've made appearances in the 80s but I don't really think they've have been uh mentioned really since then um you know it's and what really got me thinking about was you know what what really is the difference between the timekeepers and like the watchers mm-hmm. and 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 like you know I, I hear the word multiverse and I always think more different realities but I mean it, it certainly could Mean different timelines, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, are, are they saying that a, a different timeline is a different reality, or are those two words interchangeable? Uh, and that's kind of what I was, I, I couldn't really figure out, huh? Oh, Jesus,
0: man, we are gonna get like real deep with our freaking nerd talk tonight. You know, we're just gonna like <laughs> turn so many people off, it's gonna, it's gonna be like <laughs> three views altogether, but I don't give a shit because this is what I want to talk about. Um, <laughs> dude, that one question right there. Like, let's just unpack that shit right there. Like, there's tons and tons of time travel in comics and all the comics related mm-hmm. shit that we watch. And they sometimes have the idea that, like, if you go back in time, you could change something and it's going to change the future. Mm-hmm. Then there's the idea that you go back in time, you change something, and you create an alternate timeline, which this is certainly referencing. Mm-hmm. Um, in Marvel, in the Marvel comics, and I know you know all this, I'm just saying this to our watchers, yeah. is that um, you know there's the 616 reality, that's the main Marvel universe, and there's all these other realities. So I think the question that you're saying is, like, are they all offshoots of the main Marvel universe, or are they like just already made timelines or, or uh, realities that are parallel to that one?
1: Yeah, right? exactly. So like, are the, are the different numbered realities yeah. often of a single timeline? And just in general, like, what does that mean for the what if show? What does that mean for multiverse of madness? Right. Right. Um, I mean, it, does that mean we, are, are we, is it a, is it a blunder? Is it a plot hole? Um, is, does it mean maybe the TVA will be dissolved by the end of the show? Mm. Free for all. And that's, that's how we're getting these other, other shows um or, or is this something else yeah yeah well I'm, I'm
0: so glad we're talking about this because this is the exact shit i was thinking about when we we're watching the show too because like okay the tva is based on these three guys right the three statues that we see multiple times in this episode right and loki at one point refers to them as lizards right he's like alien lizards i, I had to make sure because i looked at the caption it said lizards and not wizards right and so is that the implication that like they're not wearing masks because they look
1: a lot like Kang, right? Um, well, yeah. The, the in the comics they do have kind of have these green looking faces. I mean that little animated sequence they look they look to be sort of alien looking, you know, not totally human. And I would think I would think they actually do like that because it seems to me like they are a cosmic entity on par with you know the. Um, ego and eon and the living tribunal and all those kind of things
0: yeah yeah like
1: super eternity. yeah
0: yeah like way more powerful than even like
1: thanos or anything that we've seen so far correct but it's it's just weird that like i know all those other things but i I, but you know prior to this show like i didn't know about this at all and it's just it's it's so interesting uh to have like a, a um a comic continuity that's spanned decades and decades and decades where all these ideas are on there and you kind of have to like move things around to, to make it all make sense even though you really can't probably right <laughs> well uh let me
0: ask you this like because one of our favorite comics is uh exiles right this like sort of x-men multiverse kind of comic right well, what were yeah. the name of those like bug guys that were watching all the realities do you remember that is a
1: great Question: um, Were they like caretakers or something? Or I don't. I don't want to say keepers, but I think that's Mass Effect. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah.
0: yeah. But so, but they are not the same thing
1: as this. You know what? What was that? What was that? That that construct that was the original like uh, point of contact for them that gave them the Talus. What was that guy even called? Was he called a timekeeper?
0: He, he, I think he had keeper in his name, man. But I don't think it was time because it was all about other realities. Yeah. Man, then yeah. kind of reference to time, but yeah, guys, that comic Exiles—it's one of mine and Brian's favorite comics. It's really oh, yeah. good. Uh, it's all about different versions of the characters, different realities, you know. And so, like, just to kind of tie it back to what we're talking about, it looks like they're they're building this up to where there was multiple timelines to
1: begin with, and then they condense it into one. Which that's a very DC kind of thing, right? Yeah, that 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 kind of makes me sad. I mean, I, I like. I love seeing these different realities and seeing, like, these what-ifs and differences. It's just it's just fun. It's like, oh, what if this person died? Like, who steps up and takes their place? Or yeah. just people are in different different circumstances. I always find it interesting, no matter what uh, intellectual property we're talking about. So when DC did that, it was like, uh. <laughs> I, I yeah. Think sort of tried to do it, too. They both had, you know, DC had, um what was the DC? Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. No, it was, it was like one of the, that was like the original one, but like the more recent one, um, Oh, um, it was a little more brainiac focused, I think. Oh,
0: uh, convergence
1: convergence. Yeah. So yeah. they had convergence and then, uh, Marvel had secret, secret, was it secret wars? Secret wars. Yeah. With the whole doctor doing battle world. All that. I mean, it was yeah. basically the same thing as trying to whittle it down to one existing timeline. Uh, and they, they had some like, some decent ideas with there, but I mean, there's so much out there and it's so much fun to have these other different realities and especially since we're such fans of Exiles too. It's like it invalidates that in a sense and that, this always rubs me the wrong way.
0: <laughs> well, what I think is kind of going along with what you were saying before is that I think that they're going to like dissolve that TVA, that organization. I think that that's going to get destroyed or like they're going to change. And that, like, this show is kind of like the catalyst
1: for there being multiple realities, you know? I, I'm like, so. And, and you know, my, my favorite question that I, I always think about and ask you is, like, you know, where does this go? What does this lead into? What is does this yeah. set up for us? And you just answered it right there, probably.
0: Yeah, I, I think that, like, you know, uh, the events of Endgame, were like a major thing that just had this ripple effect, right? And now this show is just like the next thing. It's like the butterfly effect, right? It's like this, and then this is going to lead to the next thing. And probably the stuff with like Scarlet Witch, that probably had something
1: that has something to do with it too. Fun little anecdote. The the TVA uh, was involved in a storyline where the Scarlet Witch was deemed too powerful of a being and they sent Immortus, who was also yeah. Kang the Conqueror, a version of Kang the Conqueror, to ensure that she did not have children. Oh, really? And this somehow leads into the relationship between Scarlet Witch and Vision, which I found very interesting, considering that we've the first show we got out of these Marvel TV shows was WandaVision.
0: Yeah, well, dude, that's okay. Well, see, that that goes along with the little tidbit that my wife is telling me to get goldfish from my daughter. Um, and, you know, I just threw goldfish. Hopefully the bag didn't open up. But that um <laughs> so sort of live, you know. But um I was gonna say that one tidbit that I found doing the research, because dude, you did some deep dive in research for this shit tonight. Um, is that the guy that is like the showrunner for this show, his name is uh Michael Weldrum and he actually is one of the writers on Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness.
1: And we know that Wanda's in that, right? Yeah. Okay. So there's definitely some interconnectivity there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and like when you go to his page, I think that you might be into him too, man. Because first of all, he's a writer on Rick and Morty, and then he's also a uh he w- worked on Community too.
1: So. Oh my I, God. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm all in now. I'm yeah, sure.
0: yeah. And like uh, Harmon Quest, right? I think that was like some sort of Dan Harmon.
1: Yeah. D and D thing. D and D thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't watch that as much, but I mean, I am like. Community is one of my all time favorite shows. I love Rick and Morty too. So that that's great to hear. Yeah,
0: and and this show definitely felt like Rick and Morty in some regard, don't you
1: think? Yeah. Um uh kind of like a, a a time citadel, or which is kind of a comparison to the Citadel of Rick's. Yeah, I could see that.
0: I mean, uh Rick and Morty and then like maybe like Doctor Who and like the only other example I can think of, you're gonna get mad at me for this, but like Jupiter's uh, uh, Jupiter ascending, right? They all kind of have this sort of like absurdity, like where it's like they're trying to like make a bureaucratic group, but it's like all this weird alien shit. You know what I'm saying? And and (laughs) that's what this kind of reminded me of too. There's all this weird shit going on. Like there's a robot that like zaps his clothes off at one point. Um, That that like little person comes out and he says like, "If you're a robot, you're going to melt from the inside." (laughs) Remember that? You know, yeah. so it, it it kind of reminds me. I don't know if you ever read like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but it, it kind of has that kind of feeling too.
1: Uh, I have not read it, but I, I saw <laughs> the movie, I guess. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, yeah, you're right. They're definitely right about the absurdity of it. Yes.
0: Yeah, but um, what I was gonna say was this guy who's the showrunner. He um, it has him listed as working in the post production of uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So I think that like. They're really trying to like just tie it all together, and whatever Loki does here is going to lead into that. Like, I would not be surprised if like the end credit scene that we see for this maybe has Doctor Strange in it or has like Wanda in it, and it's just alluding to that movie,
1: you know? Yeah, um, it it would be interesting if they're just, you know, I mean, we we thought that the the unifying factor of all these shows was going to be uh introducing members of the Young Avengers, but I mean, maybe it's really all. Actually, well, I guess Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't have anything to do with this, but um, you know, it's interesting that these two shows may be influencing the same thing. Yeah, well, dude, I mean,
0: you just got me—you just gave me like a little nerd boner just now because you brought up the Young Avengers thing, and it's like, I, maybe we will though,
1: because there's
0: another fucking Loki
1: on this show, right? That is correct. So. Um, before we get into that, actually, I, I, I want to bring up one little Easter egg that I'm sure you noticed too. That in this the scene in France, um, you know, they're they're looking at uh, a stained glass of, and it, look, it says it looks like the devil. They're talking to the little French boy, and he says the devil did it. That's you know, right. did this, the devil did this. I really wondered if that was a response to you know everyone us included being like, it's Mephisto, and Mephisto's yes. gonna come up in Wandavision. <laughs> yes, and yes. It, it. I don't know if the, if if the timing really works out based on the production lengths of these shows. Right. You know, it, it's only it's really only a few months after that show. So, like, this episode had to have been filmed by the time that that show was airing. You know. Yeah. So, well, but,
0: I, like, let me ask you this though: so, like, what the hell is up with that? Like, why is it like a devil in the stained glass? Is that just Loki being like kind of like a
1: prick? Um. Possibly that—that's kind of what I'm thinking, because uh, I mean, clearly the villain of this show is going to be another version of Loki, and I'm assuming that's going to be the female version of Loki. Right. That's right. And which—which yeah. uh, which also leads me into something that I, I saw popping up all over the internet about um, on Loki's file. It mentions his, his as his sex is as gender fluid. Oh. And, <laughs> um, which. Which I I understand why it was like trending and people were talking about it. It's kind of like a really that's a huge thing to have that's a term like that given such a spotlight and you know in prominence and it's a major media um, uh, production. Yeah. But I mean, I, I hope no one gets disappointed by the fact that how literal it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, doesn't yeah. really line up with the actual with the real world de- definition of gender fluidity. But yeah, um, so I mean, that, that, it's making me believe that we were absolutely going to see uh, a female Loki as the villain in the show.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, since we're, we're just, like, doing such deep cuts and stuff, and we're just, like, kind of talking about, like, real, like, not plot stuff, but just, like, you know, philosophical stuff. Like, Loki himself, right? He's actually a frost giant, right? Because he's uh, the son of a frost giant, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. So, like, did they make him look like as Asgardian, like, using magic? Or is he, like, a changeling? Like, how the hell... Why does he look like the Asgardian?
1: Um, they touch upon this in the first Thor movie. Uh, it's been a while since I've watched that. I, I really do need to go back and rewatch it. Yeah. was uh, a point where they, they show him with blue skin, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right, right. Is that some Asgardian magic? or? Uh, yeah, because no, he was a baby. He was blue. Absolutely. Yeah. And even in, in the fake play in Thor Ragnarok, they, they show a, a little blue boy or something. Yeah. Uh, oh so yeah. <laughs> that's, right, that's, that's right. That's a great. That's a great question. This is is the what is. What is keeping In that appearance? I mean, is it himself? Is, it, mm-hmm. is that is that how he thinks he should appear? And that mm-hmm. that's the you know the reasoning behind him being gender fluid. Maybe. Okay.
0: Well, here, here here's a little plot hole, and this is for Danny too, by the way, because Danny wrote this whole big thing uh, when my, I tweeted this out. He was like, "Oh, is this the first Marvel plot hole?" But here's a plot hole, then, right? Because they say that magic doesn't work in the TVA Citadel, right? And so if magic doesn't work, shouldn't he be like a little blue boy?
1: That's a really good point. So, uh, Take yeah, that, Marvel. We, need out, we need to figure out, Marvel, tell Kevin Feige, why is Loki not, uh, Loki, Loki not blue? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What, did, what has my life become,
0: Where I'm like... I'm almost 39 years old. I'm like, ah, I got them. He's
1: supposed That's to be blue. I got you, Marvel. <laughs> my well, I- hush money. <laughs> 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 oh man! Like- um, to, to jump into to another completely un uh, unrelated <laughs> Easter egg in this show. Um, I I didn't know anything about it going into it, but um, the inclusion of the DB Cooper uh, oh. in there I didn't know that was the thing, and I I, I was I, seeing the trails in the show. I thought this was going to to inform what Loki was actually going to be doing during the show. Oh, yeah. and, um, but it was a nice after I read about it. It's a nice little Easter egg to take a real world event that was an unsolved mystery. So this guy uh dan cooper who was somehow mistakenly called db cooper on the by the media um he hijacked the plane demanded a ransom got it and then took four parachutes and jumped out of a plane never to be found again yeah and, and investigations went on this for decades and it's, it's it was kind of like a funny little thing that it was loki and then the reason though he found him was that it was the bifrost you know picked him up
0: yeah yeah I, I love that little scene i i kind of do feel like that was just thrown in there to have kind of like a little bit of an action beat because the episode is so like exposition heavy that's what danny was saying in the tweet was that it's like very exposition heavy and um like i think they just kind of needed to have like, a little fun exciting moment but i do like the idea of like that he's this historical figure or this sort of like urban legend figure um because you kind of never think oh yeah these guys have been around for like hundreds of years if not more yeah you know so um no he, he was good he was nice and charming and kind of, he, he looks like a secret agent in that scene and so that's why i think like you said it's kind of misleading in the trailer. yeah
1: it was absolutely misleading and i think that the other interesting thing is that in all the trails we've seen for this i don't think we've seen any footage from anything besides this episode like i, I mean it, it, i have no inkling of what they're going to actually show based on the the footage we've seen in the trailers coming up and I, i'm re- that's really exciting to me to be perfectly honest yeah yeah um, ditto
0: um there has been other stuff that they've shown there is a thing there's this sort of this picture that we see often when we like just google this show where he's got the horns and he's going like this and it, it like um he's got like some oh, warriors around him right, you're right you're- Okay, and if you if you look at that image, it, it, I think it says like "vote Loki" and stuff on some of their shirts too, like as if he's like running for office.
1: Okay, see, so maybe like a campaign to rule the, the TVA. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That could be it. That could be it. I mean, and this is just like a little tangent too. I mean, there's, it's interesting how much shit you can actually talk about with the show. But like, like Guardians of the Galaxy and and Loki, the character. When you look at them in the comics, in the modern comics, so many people have very different interpretations of them. And so like every time you have a different writer, it's like a totally different book, right? Yeah. I bring up Guardians of the Galaxy and and this because like the Guardians really got popular with the movies, right? And Loki has gotten way popular since he's in the MCU. And um, we've already talked about it, but there was female Loki that was sort of like a bad guy that was with the other Marvel villains. Then there was Kid Loki, who had his own series, and then he got older and he joined the Young Avengers, which we've referenced many times. Um, Al Ewing, who's written—he's uh, one of my favorite Marvel writers. He's written uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy recently too. He um, had like uh, agent, like Loki, agent of Asgard, where he's almost like a James Bond. And then there was a Loki story recently too, where he was like running for like president or something and that was, I think, before Agent of Asgard, but you get all these different versions of Loki, and I think this show is gonna have a few of those versions.
1: Interesting, very interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I, I do, I 100% do think we are getting female Loki, and that's the bad one, and then um, with that, like, vote for Loki, that's, that's the Loki for president thing, I would not I mean, Maybe be the D.B.
1: Cooper thing was the, the little glimpse of Agent of Asgard.
0: That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it is a little bit of that. And, and I, I would not be surprised if, like, the last version we see of Loki is, like, a young teenage Loki to be on the Young Avengers.
1: That would be an interesting way to cap the show and cap Tom Hiddleston off as the character. I, I'm sure that a lot of these – I mean, these actors have been in these movies for 10 years, and he's one of the the, the – the longest standing uh, alumni here at this point. Right. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure he he wants to hang it up or take a break maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe we'll see that here.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm just trying to think because there's so much to cover with this
1: show. Well, uh, but, actually, okay. it, it, so before you mentioned um, exposition, so I, I felt this, this episode of the show was two things. It was exposition and um, character motivation for Loki. Oh yeah. Uh, and we didn't really talk about any of that yet. So I mean the, the whole episode really is um Loki being presented with this situation where he's being told, which I touched upon before, he's being told that something that came naturally to him, which was seizing an opportunity to escape imprisonment, um, was wrong. And he can't comprehend that. He he is a god, he cannot comprehend that. And then on top of that, he is um you know, he's he is, he is shown his future is he's told that, that there's a one timeline and he's destined to do all these things and, he, and he's shown his future where he kills his mother he sees his father die and then finally sees himself die right and this is like uh, you know and on top of that you know he's he's trying to get back to the tesseract because they took it away from him and he just finds it in like a drawer with all these other infinity stones yeah. like totally trivializing their power Yeah, and I mean this is like a clear recipe for how you give a god an existential crisis which I think (laughs) is fascinating yes yes and I loved and that was my favorite thing about this episode was was Loki's um this the 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 development of his motivation for this show he was um he was in the beginning he was all pumped up and he was you know I'm a god you can't do this to me and then by the end he's like I'm a god you can do this to me like it, it yeah. was fantastic and i'm very excited to see where where it goes from here
0: yeah that's uh that's very very well put that's very well put almost like it could almost be a arc of a comic book or a miniseries just in this one episode with what
1: happened yeah, absolutely
0: yeah yeah it, it whoever wrote this because i actually the the guy who is the the showrunner michael waldron uh or weldron he's the one that wrote this episode and you could tell that he has like clearly watched all the Loki scenes and all the MCU movies. I mean, they show a lot of them in this episode too. Um, you know, it was almost like a clip show in that regard, but, um, yeah, yeah. It's done so effectively where you really, I mean, first of all, Owen Wilson is literally asking him, what is your motivation? And, And then he's asking him, do you enjoy hurting people? And that brings up this whole point that people, when you go into like chat rooms, you look on threads or whatever, people always talk about how Loki's pretty sinister in the Avengers movie, but then he's kind of, uh, you know, more noble or not as cruel in the other movies. And a lot of people say that that's because he was under the influence of the, uh, I think the mind gem that's in his scepter.
1: Yes, I think think
0: so. Yeah, yeah, and and then like Thanos was kind of manipulating him or something like that. Um, So, I feel like this episode kind of addressed that directly because he, he even says that he has to hurt people to have this persona of the villain. And the villain is a construct. I think he says something along the lines of he, – he compared the whole place, the TVI, TVA organization, to a construct
1: where it like uh, – Where it's a cover for him being a coward. Wait, what's that? Where it's a cover for him being a, a powerless coward or something like that.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like to instill fear in others. To yeah, 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 right, right, right. So yeah, just just great character stuff and just great like, just talking about concepts and like, um, you know, like phil- ph- like philosophizing. I just I, I was eating that shit up, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, uh, I I really had a blast watching the show. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing where they go with it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, and there was a couple other things too. Like throughout the course, you brought up probably my favorite part, my absolute favorite part, was when he's in that drawer and and there's just infinity stones, and the guy's like, "Yeah, we use some of them for paperweights." That was, I think, that was my favorite part whatsoever because they've been so important to the MCU, like so important. Yeah. And it's just like that's eh, nothing. And and there's a moment where he's just standing there with the guy who doesn't know what a fish is, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, this is what like absolute power is, or like this is the most power, or something like that. And yeah, that is a great scene. Um, there's this one actress in the show, I, I did not write her name down, but uh, I talked about her a lot recently because she was in this horror movie called His House, which on the Last Cast channel, that's what we picked as our number one horror movie of 2020. Yeah, 2020. And then um, she was also on the show Lovecraft Country, which we covered on the, the last cast, but she is um, that uh, I think her number, she's like Hunter B fifteen. One
1: you know, of the men.
0: She, she's like the main uh, people, like she's the one that puts the collar on him and yeah. beats him up, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, and then he makes her kind of like uh, being like a loop at one point.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, she's she was pretty good in this episode, but but she's a really awesome
1: actress in general. Awesome, yeah. I'll, uh, I haven't seen that that movie you mentioned, but I'm, I'll definitely look it up. Yeah, it's on Netflix. And like, if you watch that movie and you watch this,
0: you'll be like, "Holy shit, that's the same actress!" Like, and <laughs> she's like totally different. Um, what did you think of Owen Wilson in general as Mobius?
1: Um, I, I think we've we've established here that we don't we haven't read too many comics with the actual TVA in there. Um, but I mean, I, I see the clear physical uh influence of the the mark grunwald um you know appearance but other than that he seemed like owen wilson um i mean and i do like owen wilson i've kind of missed owen wilson um there was something else i watched fairly recently that I, I can't remember what it was but it was like with an actor that i used to love from, from when i was like a kid or a teenager and they, they came back and i was like oh my god i missed this so much maybe it was jim carrey and sonic um okay. like, yeah, like I mean, I loved, you know the mask and Ace Ventura back in the day, and like to me, like the his performances, for Robotnik, uh, you know, was very reminiscent of that kind of craziness, you know. Right. I appreciated that. So I mean, Owen Wilson was was a huge comedic actor in the late two thousands. Um, you know, what was he in? Like Shanghai Noon. I love those movies. Wedding um, Crashers. Wedding Crash. Oh my God, Wedding Crash. Yeah, it's it's just he played himself sort of, but he's really good at it, so.
0: Yeah, 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 Uh, and he's he's in a bunch of those uh, Wes Anderson movies too, my wife is a big fan of those too, yeah, Um, no, he's great, and uh, he's in Starsky and Hutch, you know, I I love Starsky and Hutch, I think it's kind of cheesy, but I love it. Um, Do you think that he's playing a character that's gonna be sort of more powerful than is letting on, like he's sort of maybe like a more cosmic powered kind of character?
1: That is a great question. Um, I don't... I'm not sure here. Um, it, it's not really clear what the TVA can do outside of those the little gadgets they have. Like, you know, w- without though that equipment, what are they capable of? We don't know. Yeah. Um, it seems like he is kind of like in middle management in a sense in this mm. bureaucracy. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I mean... And really, his role in 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 this is kind of uh, up for grabs to not for grabs. um you know it, it I'm not really sure what it is
0: yeah he he kind of seems kind of reminiscent of like Tommy Lee Jones in uh men in Black and like Loki is like will Smith. I mean obviously they're not the same at all, but that yeah. dynamic of like the guy that knows everything and he knows how the system works. And the other guy who's like a fish out of water, they got that going on.
1: Right okay. Now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I could definitely see that and, and more of a mentor figure as well. Yeah.
0: Um, I was going to say that, uh, fuck, what the hell was I going to say? Um, well, the, the, the TVA itself, I, I hope that they kind of explain it and that they sort of make it not just seem ridiculous and absurd because, like, I like the idea that they can like kind of cleanse the timeline. That like, they have almost like a grenade that seems like oh that that's like a reset, and then they call it pruning when they like erase somebody, right? Like when they erase a variant. Yeah, and, and well, so I mean,
1: you know what, I, I'm I'm kind of thinking that that pruning and reset is really the same thing. That essentially that they are taking a timeline and destroying it. So they're actually killing everything in that timeline. So I think oh. there's that kind of sinister aspect to it that they're going to probably maybe elaborate more on in the in the future. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't they're, even think of that. They're resetting it. Well, what does that mean? So there was a branch of time, and they don't want it to be there, so they're resetting it. So it it's it goes back, sort of. So whatever yeah. happened there doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they, they
0: haven't shown what it does fully. Like they, like the little grenade thing started to go off.
1: And it yeah, to and they, they through the the little portal door and you don't know what happens. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, that's the motivation for the, the the other Loki. The other Loki is like, you're killing all these people, so I'm gonna start fucking with you. I mean, and she seems to be. Uh, we're saying she is, if we know it. We, we don't really know it, but right. I'm assuming, I'm heavily assuming that um, yeah. she's collecting these reset grenade things as well, and that's an important thing we should have. Um, mentioned too.
0: <laughs> yes. No. 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 Yeah. That's definitely part of the whole scheme. Is that like they show her picking or him or her picking up the grenade at the end there? Yeah. So, um, like that makes a lot of sense. I didn't even think about that. Like the idea that you know they're just wiping out a whole freaking
1: timeline right there. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we've established that that there is no morality in this organization. It, it's um you know it's it's there's one way this goes, and that's all they care about. They don't care if yeah. it's right or wrong. It's just that's the way it's supposed to go.
0: Yeah, yeah, really good point. Um, so, what is Kang's relationship to this then? Because he's not going to be in this, right? Because he's going to show up in Ant Man, Quantum Mania.
1: Yeah, he's supposed to show up there. But I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of going to be disappointed if he doesn't show up here. But at the same time, if he showed up here, you'd have to be like a major part of it. So, yeah. Um, I feel like I'm very excited for the show, but I'm, I'm definitely disappointed on two facts that, that one, that Kang really won't be prominent and that Thor won't be in it at all. Um, I mean, I know we saw some footage of previous movies there, but it, it just seems so weird to, to, to not have him have an appearance. And, I, and I'm very confident that that's not going to happen. Really? Yeah.
0: It, Cause you know, they do that kind of shit with these MCU shows where they're like, Oh, there's a rumor about episode four. It's going to be you yeah. know this guy, but you're saying that he's not in it at
1: all. Uh, uh, that's what I'm guessing. I'm saying that that, that there is not going to. We are not going to get Chris Hemsworth in this in the show at all. Okay. Uh, do anything new? Um, okay. Yeah. If, if they show some more footage, I, I can see that maybe it's old yeah. footage. I don't think he's going to make any current appearances or anything like that in the show.
0: Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised that Rene Russo was in it because. I think that scene where, like, Loki is brought back to Asgard and she says something to him, I I mean, I don't think that's in uh, Thor The Dark
1: World. I I might be wrong, though. I think it was. I think that was was footage, yeah. Um, But we should double-check that for next time.
0: Yeah, there you go. There you go. Cool, man. Well,
1: speaking of next time, do you have anything for this episode to cover? Left? Um, No, I, I covered all my talking points, I think. Nice,
0: nice. Isn't it fucking nice to talk about something like this instead of Jupiter's legacy?
1: Yes, it's so good. <laughs> so I'm happier that i have to, I can talk about something that's interesting and that people might actually care about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people are actually excited about. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yes.
0: Yeah, man, cool.
1: Well, uh, we
0: will be here. Brian and I will be here. You know, we want some of those subscribers from the Anchor Pete channel to come over here and join us on Comic Books Transformed. That's this new channel that's just about comic book stuff and Transformers. So if y'all haven't liked and subscribed, now's the time. And, Brian, how many episodes of uh, Loki are there altogether?
1: Uh, Just six. Just six. Okay.
0: Yeah. So we're going to be covering all six episodes here, and we're going to be doing them live on Wednesday nights at 930 Central Time. So if you guys, uh, you know, got nothing to do on a Wednesday night, come join us. All right. So, Brian, it's good talking to you, man, and we'll see you next Wednesday.